0: speaking of picking things up because you forgot them toby has this really incredible ability to simply forget spoilers that he's heard for things amazing like i want to say i accidentally spoiled part of mass effect for him which is what we're like playing through together right now Mm -hmm. and he was like is it gonna be a spoiler if i already know that like xyz happens and i was like yeah and he's like okay i will simply forget it wow i was like what he's like yeah i can just for i just forget it i just i just don't remember it anymore
1: toby has learned to access a part of his brain that i don't think the rest of us have right
0: he does that with (laughs) so much stuff like if he doesn't want to remember something he just he can like willingly just forget things deleted yeah that's exactly how it is he's just like well I, i you know it's not there anymore the data is gone
1: wow imagine how much you would save on therapy yeah right (laughs) trauma gone was was spider-man
0: there don't remember let's (laughs) let's do it all again
1: toby has the uh the superpower of self-retcon deadpool could never
0: (laughs) but for now i think we could all still use some distraction uh and i'm really excited to get into our episode this week
1: did you say distraction or did you say destruction? Ah ha 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 ha! ha. Because <laughs> the status is not quo! The status <laughs> sucks! <laughs> let's,
0: let's play the intro music. <laughs> what's up spider pals my name is zeke and i'm cat and we are here to ask the question was spider-man there and this week i guess we have to ask was spider-man there and what chaos did he leave in his wake
1: <laughs> oh, i'm sorry uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is because our theme this week is one that Kat and I have been very excited to talk about and work on. Uh, We threw the show together because we both love comic books, and Kat is quite a Spider-Man enthusiast, and I started off the show not knowing a whole lot about Spider-Man, and I think now I know more about Spider-Man than I really actually intended to or ever wanted to know. (laughs) I have learned some things about Spider-Man that he would be thoroughly embarrassed for me to know. It's kind of like when your friend has a new boyfriend and you're like, ooh, tell me all about him. And then you learn like his weird dark secrets and you're like, I don't even know him as a person, like, <laughs> except for spider mans just everyone's best friend. The show goes in two parts. The first part we call elevator pitch, which is where uh, Kat gives me a theme for the week. And I bring together a Spider-Man story in the hopes that I have created something original. I pitch it to Kat. And then she does some research and she tells me whether or not Spider-Man was there. There's also a mystery second half of the podcast, but it's kind of like when you do a boss fight and the villain has a second surprise phase. so I have to finish beating you up before we get to that part. But Kat, can you tell us what our theme is this week?
1: Our theme this week comes thanks to the thirsty ramblings of people on the Isn't It Romantic Spidey Pool server and their collective fandom boners for evil Spider Man. So, today we are talking about all things evil, dark, and sinister in the world of Peter Parker.
0: So, I'm really excited for this one because, like anyone with a brain in their head, I am horny for a villain. However, I was also excited. Because we've kind of talked about this already. If you've listened to the show before, we did an episode on the Sinister Six. And in that episode, my pitch was that the Sinister Six grew a Spider-Man in a tube to be like the counter Spider-Man, if you will. And we didn't get too much into it. We had a great time thinking about how sticky the baby would have been. (laughs) And Doc Ock wearing, like, a baby Bjorn and, like, having to buy formula, and it was great. Like, lots of baby jokes abound. But this week I wanted to have a continuation on that story a little bit, because I feel like it's one of my better pitches. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I listen back and I'm like, ooh, that one was, that was not your best play there, Zeke. But the Sinister Six one I'm really proud of, and so I wanted to, to have a continuation of that. So they, so... Sinister Six, they raise a a baby Spider-Man, right? They don't know who Peter Parker is, so they can't give this baby a name, so they literally just call him Evil Spider-Man. Oh, no! (laughs) And so it's like E is like the like they call him by the first letter of his name which is e and then vil is his middle name and then spider-man is his like christian last name
1: this makes me think of uh king of the hill and when hank's dad has another baby and starts calling him good hank
0: yes yeah it's (laughs) it's exactly like that but like again the like bizarro version of it (laughs) so the so the sinister six they raise evil spider-man and it's rough It's rough going, because none of them know how to be parents. If you want to get that humor, you can go listen to the Sinister Six episode. I will not be doing a repeat performance. (laughs) However, in my pitch, Evil Spider-Man gets to be about, oh, like 16... 17 years old and he's really he's really feeling his evil grits like he's been raised by uh six evil dads and all he knows is death and chaos and destruction but he hasn't really gotten a chance to test it out because they're kind of like you're the only one and they treat him a little bit like spun glass they're like hey you're not ready like you're evil but you're not you're, you're not ready like because if he if he breaks you then we can't just make another one and then Doc Ock's like we literally can I grew him in a tube and they're like it took too long <laughs> So evil Spider-Man's like, my only purpose in life is to defeat Spider-Man and take his place. And they're like, not take his place. We don't need another Spider-Man. <laughs> when you finish off the regular Spider-Man, you can retire. And he's like, I'm 17. What am I going to, I'm going to retire? And they're like, well, yeah, because we're supervillains and all we want is money and power and diamonds and political prowess. And so when, when you finish Spider-Man off and we all get the power, uh, you will no longer be baby. And so you can have some of the power. And then you can just chill. And he's like, I don't know that I like that. And so he kind of has this like anger within him that he's like, I was raised just for like one purpose. And then I finished that and it's done. And instead of him being like, do I have a greater purpose? Like the good Peter Parker would question. He's (laughs) He kind of like that rage like festers within him. And he's like, I'm going to kill Spider-Man and I'm going to be a better Spider-Man. And then I'm going to exact vengeance on my dads and they'll never see it coming. (laughs) Ah, ha, 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 ha. And so he teams up with some villains that aren't in the Sinister Six. I really wanted him to hang out with Green Goblin, just because Green Goblin is so, like, intrigued by this whole thing. But he hangs out with some other some villains that are outside the Sinister Six, and they're like, whoa, they really grew you in a tube, huh? And he's like, yeah, but my only purpose is to kick Spider-Man's ass. And they're like, well, I guess we're not going to argue. Like, <laughs> go go for it, you know? So Evil Spider-Man kind of starts out with, like, little capers. Like, he, he starts out with evil baby steps. He he robs a jewelry store. He chases down an old lady to steal her purse. Like you know, just petty things. He does a little bit of tax fraud. Like nothing, nothing too bad. But he gets on the on the good guy radar, and Peter Parker's like, "Hold on, people are thinking that I'm out there doing crimes. That's that can't be right. If Spider Man good, how Spider Man do crime? So he goes out. He swings out in the city, and he's like, "Okay, I gotta keep an eye out for." myself i guess and he kind of does catch glimpses of like evil spider-man every once in a while But for the most part, he's pretty good at, like, evil Spider-Man is pretty good at evading, like, good Spider-Man. So Peter's like, what the heck? I have to figure this out. So he goes a sleuthing. Meanwhile, the Sinister Six hatches a plot that they're going to beef up their Spider-Man with, like, whatever the Hulk genes are. And he's like, I don't really like that. And they're like, you don't really have a choice. Break into Avengers Tower, get, like, a DNA sample from the Hulk, and bring it back to us. And we'll juice you up, and then you'll be evil Spider-Man, but buff. And, he'll, and he's like, OK, I don't really have a choice because my my sixth dad said I had to do that and I don't want to get grounded. So that's the caper. He breaks into Avengers Tower. And of course, he's met by like all the security and stuff. But the problem is that he's super powerful because all of these villains have had like an input as to what their like least favorite thing about Spider-Man is. And so he's got like a power to like, neutralize that. Like if Spider-Man is strong, he's stronger. And like Spider-Man is like, you know, he has like the web like the super strong web and so this spider-man has like an acid that can dissolve that mm. and so he's like
1: couture spider-man
0: yeah absolutely he's been designed he's he's form and function so he busts an avengers tower and they're like spider-man and he's like it is i spider-man and i am evil now ah ha 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 but he doesn't really you know he's kind of phoning it in but he does kick a bunch of ass and so then good spider-man shows up and he's and then it's like pointing spider-man meme right yeah and he's like eh, you're me but i'm me If I'm Spider-Man, you're Spider-Man who's flying the plane. And Evil Spider-Man's like, no, when the plane's crashing, because that's evil, and that's what I do. I'm Evil Spider-Man. Peter's like, well, who are you? Like, hold on. Like, (laughs) you're, like, still a person, though. And Evil Spider-Man's like, yeah, my name is Evil Spider-Man. Like... (laughs) And he, like, takes off the mask, and, like, he looks like Peter Parker, and he's like, my name is Evil Spider-Man. Okay. And he puts the mask back on. And Peter's like, what? They just named you Evil Spider-Man? That's, like, what your ID says? (laughs) Like, what? And it's not a big deal, because they're in Avengers Tower, and everybody already knows. But anyway, so, a big fight ensues. Evil Spider-Man, good Spider-Man. There's a lot of punching and kicking and spider fighting. And eventually, like, Peter kind of, like, has Evil Spider-Man pinned down on the ground. And he's like, Get off me. I'll kill you. And Peter's like, don't you want to have like some other purpose in your life than to just be evil Spider-Man? And he's like, well, what am I going to be? Like, good Doc (laughs) Ock? And Peter's like, you could be good anyone because anyone can be good. Like, And he's like, no, this is my purpose in life. I was engineered for this. And Peter's like, everyone has the capacity to be good. You're a human being. Like, tube grown or not. Like, well, wherever you came from, you are a person. And there's the potential for good in you. So please don't steal my friend the Hulk's DNA. Because if you get buff, you'll kill me. And I don't think you want to do that. I don't think you're a killer. So I'm going to send you on your way probably on a later day. Today I do have to like tie you up and let the cops get you. And Evil Spider-Man kind of like takes a second and he's like, hold on. Yeah, I'm like, a, I'm like a living, breathing person. I'm not just like a tube experiment. And so Evil Spider-Man does escape Spider-Man's clutches and he doesn't get caught by the New York City Police Department. And they're like, where did Evil Spider-Man go? And Peter's like, you know what? I think he's going to be okay. And Evil Spider-Man runs away and he becomes Spider-Man... In another country. (laughs) Like we linked with our international Spider-Man. He becomes Italian (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Did you happen to watch the clip of Italian
0: Spider-Man? I did. I did. Yeah. um, 100% worth it. So that's my story about evil Spider-Man. To baby Spider-Man. Who's very sticky. And secretly has a heart of gold. But I won't get that specific. I do want to know Kat. Was Spider-Man ever there? And then was also evil Spider-Man there? Evil Spider-Man clone?
1: So... I think when you originally gave me the byline, there was a little more emphasis on the mutation part of the story. Yeah. The, like, I, the idea that the Sinister Six were trying to soup him up and like make this evil version of Spider-Man more powerful. Correct. And bes- the bespoke villain, if you yes. will. So I kind of focused on that a little bit. I know that we've talked about Spider-Man clones. And we've talked a little bit about people assuming Spider-Man's identity. And when we did the sadististics episode, I could not find any examples specifically of a villain or villains raising or engineering a Spider-Man for their purposes. Mm -hmm. And so that hasn't changed. So what I was looking for when I was researching were instances where any of Spider-Man's villains had anything to do with Spider-Man himself becoming evil or manifesting like an evil mutation or an evil version or something like that. And this took me a lot of places. This this whole episode was really interesting for me to research because even though evil versions of Spider-Man is a topic that I have wanted to get into for ages now, I ended up researching and choosing to talk about completely different stories than I thought I was going to, because it is a topic that has been, explored in a number of comics. sure. But this week just really took me to a lot of different places (laughs) that I wasn't expecting. That's always exciting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which um, this story that I found is one of them. So this one is an older one. It comes to us from the 1970s uh, Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man series. Okay. So we're talking about, you know, a slightly older series. And this storyline involves our good friend Kurt Connors. Now, I think the last time we talked about Kurt Connors the lizard, Spider-Man was throwing all of his hard work out the window. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. Into the street. And things aren't looking much better for their relationship. (laughs) Oh, damn. As as professional colleagues. In a previous storyline, Spider-Man helped rescue Kurt Connors from his descent into lizardness and helped administer a cure with some kind of ray gun or laser that Dr. Connors refers to as the enervator pack. Perfect. And so this happened in a previous storyline. But he has since become concerned that while Spider-Man was holding on to this power vacuum, you know, and zapping him with it, that he may have been struck with like, stray lizard radiation or something okay <laughs> and that that could have affected spider-man and his own physiology so he places a an advertisement basically like a what are those things in the back of the free papers the um missed connections is that what they are or <gasps> oh no <laughs> but rival to the bugle the paper the daily globe has recently started running a section where people can like write anonymous letters to their favorite superheroes okay and so he basically writes one of those for spider-man that's like spider-man you may be in grave danger contact the one-armed doctor because like he doesn't know how to reach spider-man otherwise like spider-man doesn't have a spidey signal or you know or the app uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have like a hotline or anything like that. And so Spider-Man sees that in the paper and he's like, uh, I guess I should go to, obviously that's Dr. Connors. I should go talk to him. So he goes to the doctor and he's like, all right, what's, what's shaken?" And he And Dr. Connors explains the situation. And he's like, I'm just concerned that when you were curing me of my mutation, you may have affected yourself. And if it's okay, I would like to take a sample of your blood so that I can just check for like, Lizard particles, and, <laughs> as you do, yeah. And Spider Man's like, uh, I don't know about that because if you take a sample of my blood, like that could be used to identify me very easily. And obviously, I'm very careful with my DNA at all times, and I never let a hair go anywhere, and no one's ever cloned me, right? And, and he's like, Look, I'm fine. I'm feeling great. Look how good I'm feeling. And he picks up one of Doctor Connors' like lab tables and just starts like hoisting it over his head with one hand. Okay, and and Dr. Connors is like, yeah, you look like you're fine. But, like, meanwhile, in his own mind, he's like, he just knocked all of my work onto the floor and, like, all of my test tubes and beakers. And he's not even sorry about it. The Spider-Man I know would have been at least been like, oops, but, like, this guy doesn't give a shit. And that may be the lizard brain, like, taking over in his head. Like, I have an, I have an objective. I want to accomplish it. People's feelings don't matter. Uh-huh. So he has, like, a a radiation spectrometer that's attached to the wall that he's using to get, like, indirect readings. And so he's like, I'm going to go check those findings later. But all right, Spider-Man, yeah, you look like you're fine. Go have a nice day. So Spider-Man leaves, and he, Peter Parker, returns to Empire State University campus. And we see a group of his peers who are all talking about the crazy Halloween party that they had where everybody was there and Morbius, the living vampire, attacked (gasps) a bunch of the students. But it was fine because Spider-Man showed up and he saved their life. But, you know, it was really scary. But they were lucky Spider-Man showed up. But, you know, that chump Peter Parker, like he just ran off. You know, We didn't even know where he went. What a loser. (laughs) And they also kind of tangentially mention that their other classmate uh his name is chip martin of course uh, it is. of course it is had kind of an episode at the party that like the trauma of the event sort of uh set off something in his mind and like, there's – it's it's kind of nebulous, like, whether or not this is the narration talking or them talking. Like, they're clearly aware that, like, something happened with Chip, and then the narration is kind of explaining what happened with Chip. And that the trauma of the party events released a part of his mind that he had sort of locked away, which gives him access to the psychic powers that he has. Okay, And – just as like Peter Parker's on campus and he's hearing the other students taunt him and he's like, leave me alone, you know, and they're like, sit on it, Potsy, because it's the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of a sudden, there's an attack on campus and they like look up up to the rooftop of a nearby building and they see Chip, who's now in this like weird half and half black and white get up. And he's clearly having an issue with like split personalities, but his psychic abilities are so powerful that he's able to like manifest objects with his mind and so he's like literally making it rain knives on the campus and um, he's conjuring up all these like weird phantom creatures but like they're tangible and they're terrorizing people and his parents happen to be on campus and they're kind of explaining and this is this is of all of the story this is the part that really got to me they're explaining that they knew that chip had this mental break and also had these abilities and he's had them since he was an infant and the reason for that is because when his mother was giving birth they administered drugs to her and they got in the baby's bloodstream (laughs) oh my god So, I think this is the first, if not only, case of superpowers via epidural that I've ever heard of. Incredible. So, they talk about, like, you know, when he was an infant and he would be crying, like, you know, he would manifest these specters and things like that out out of his emotions. And so, his entire childhood and life, they were trying to help him subdue his emotions. And it's very unsettling especially i think if you're a neurodivergent person because they talk about like oh we're gonna give him drugs that we give to add kids except they don't use that word because it was the 70s and i don't think they know it and it's just like oof and like forcing him into a lot of different kinds of therapy to try and basically like help him keep his emotions under wrap don't love that yeah it's it's something but this whole traumatic event has not only awoken those abilities, but also created, like, a split personality that, like, wants revenge for all of that. And so Spider-Man shows up and is like, good, someone's ass to kick! (laughs) Ha! And they have quite the epic battle, and Spider-Man is just really nasty the whole time. Like, he's... He's throwing jokes around, but they're not his usual, like, quippy jokes. Like, he's just like, you suck, buddy. And he really just doesn't hold back to the point that, like, he's just punching the crap out of this guy. Okay. And his parents are like, oh, my God, you need to stop. Like, you're going to kill him. But uh, Spider-Man's like, oh, you guys, you know, you don't appreciate me. You don't appreciate me being a hero. There was a bad guy and I punched him. It's not any more complicated than that. I'm leaving. And so he, like, crawls up to the top of the building and then he gets up there and then he transforms into the spider lizard. (gasps) And so he's this very much like Kirk Connors. He's this big lizard anthropomorphic dude wearing the spider suit
0: oh so he's he doesn't look like a spider lizard
1: no he's basically just like the lizard lizard but in a spider-man outfit that's okay i can deal with that (laughs) i can work Um, with that (laughs) (laughs) so this is a two-issue story and so the that's how the first issue ends. And the second issue, it's a lot more of the action where he goes on a rampage through the city and like he's sort of doing Spider-Man work, but he's obviously doing it much more violently and with fewer scruples than Mm -hmm. Spider-Man would. So, for example, he sees like some kids that are stealing car parts and he like comes and just like almost destroys them. Oh, And obviously the police find out about this and like the National Guard finds out about this. And so people are like, we need to, track down this spider lizard creature. I don't think they realize that it's Spider-Man. They are relating it way more to the lizard, Mm -hmm. who just happens to be into Spider-Man cosplay. No, Because, like, nobody saw him transform. Right. So they're on the lookout for this lizard monster. Meanwhile, like, Kirk Connors has examined the results of his scan that he did. He's like, oh, yeah. That's lizard DNA, so that's gonna happen. And I need to go find him, and I need to go help him somehow the way he helped me. Mm-hmm. So he goes off to do that. Meanwhile, like the spider lizard is like going out through town. He has these like flashes of memory of like his own memory and like of people he knows, but is very clear that the lizard creature doesn't really know what to do with those images and is just stampeding. He runs into cops who are like shooting him and like trying to gas him and he just proves immune to basically everything so he's just stampeding and becoming more angry god in heaven e- yeah eventually he is cornered and he ends up going down into the sewers and he's just like stomping through there looking for ninja turtles looking for seven foot matt murdoch and he comes yeah. to like a sewer grating and the lizard comes to the grating is just like Argh! can't get through <laughs> Uh. (laughs) you know like you know like the videos of the dog where, like the dog is trying to get through the wall of the kennel not realizing like the door of the kennel is open Uh uh-huh like it's like that um perfect but meanwhile uh kurt connors has gone down into the sewers and he's got like the vial of cure and because the spider lizard has been trapped at this uh, junction. He's like, okay, I, you know, I can catch up to him. All I have to do is get him to drink this and it'll be fine. And so he goes up to the spider lizard and he tries to, like, reason with it. And he's like, look, I got you this cure. And he, like, hands it to him and the lizard just smashes it against the wall. No! And he's like, ah, <laughs> again, with the throwing out of my work. Yeah. It's three times and so he's he's still trying to reason with him, and like the Spider-Man monster like picks him up and is about to like suplex him, and then kind of just has this like moment of reconsideration and like sets him back down. And then in that moment of confusion, uh Kirk Connors pulls out the second vial, because obviously you don't leave home without a spare, and like forces him to drink it, and then it looks really like a really near thing. Like the lizard is angry that he had to drink this Yucky Kool-Aid and he's he's about to attack, but then he slowly turns back into peter parker spider-man who like he makes himself like a web mask really mask so that uh connor's can't see his face Uh uh-huh but uh but then the army and whoever is up on the surface level and they're like all right well he's not coming out and the guns didn't work but everything has to breathe so they're gonna start flooding the sewers with water and so they just start right
0: because water in the sewers (laughs) is so unusual
1: Well, I guess this amount of it, I don't know. I Yeah, comic book logic. And so Spider-Man's like, oh shit, all this water, we need to get like out of the sewers. And he comes back to that grate that stopped him and he's like, oh, I mean, I'm Spider-Man. I can just whoop. And he's like, the lizard is even stronger. The lizard, Spider-Lizard is even stronger than I am. But like his brain could not comprehend like how to remove this obstacle. So... (sighs) I guess I'm glad I have a human brain. And he manages to swim out with Kirk Connors and like they barely make it. And he has to give Connors CPR at the end. And of course, Connors is so thankful because Spider-Man saved the day. I I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, But yeah. (laughs) Me, Kirk Connors.
0: Okay, well, I mean, you threw my work out the window and you became a big monster. But sure, you saved the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did all the science work. I chased you down into the sewers. Uh I brought the extra potion, but that's fine. That's fine.
0: Sorry, I'm just thinking about Spider-Man being like, Dr. Connors, I'm going into battle and I need your strongest potions. Dr. (laughs) Connors going, my strongest potions would kill you, Spider-Man. You need to find a doctor that has weaker potions.
1: (laughs) 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 Anyway, go on. Sorry. But like, you know how their faces morph in that video? yes like yeah so they should be morphing more and more into lizards as the video goes oh, on. oh yeah both perfect absolutely until, until just at the end they're just both like bah! yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> spider-man one he has a giant forehead and the other one's got a really squished in little like cat face yeah perfect
1: so yes this was mutated via one of his villains slash bff's not so good guy spider-man
0: that's what but I, I wanted. That's mostly what yeah. I wanted. Not so much the clone, <laughs> uh, so much as genetically altered. This Spider Man is nasty.
1: He is very nasty. He is very rude. This is a very rude Spider Man.
0: I, so okay, so this is, we're gonna get a, a little off track here. Um, So when my pets misbehave, we tell them that they're exhibiting nasty behavior. Like, and it, do- it doesn't even have to be like bad behavior. Like sometimes my dog will put her chin on the seat of the couch and then beg to get up silently with her huge eyes. And we go, that's nasty behavior, young lady. And like this whole story is just like, this. that's nasty behavior, Mr. Parker. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> you are exhibiting some very nasty behavior. But that's really, yeah, that's mostly what I was after was genetically modified nasty Spider-Man. And I'm really glad that we got to see Kirk Connors again because I had such a great time talking about (laughs) him last time with his work getting thrown out the window. When Spider-Man is turning into the lizard, does he like he's just still in his regular spider suit
1: yeah obviously like it rips like the you know the legs and the mask rip and mm. stuff like that but he's still wearing like most of the spider suit
0: okay cuz i was for a moment picturing like a like if you like if it were a video game and there was dlc he has like a lizard version of the spider suit which i think would be pretty dope but i am more pleased with the suit being all, all shredded we'll just sit in that one for a second hmm. uh, <laughs> i love it i love any story that involves uh, Kirk connors obviously i love any story that involves a uh, nasty spider-man credit where credit is due though spider-man did not save the day i'm gonna go ahead and I'm, I'm calling it right now sorry spider fans he did not save the day in this one but he was evil and that's really all that matters <laughs> for for my taste and for the taste of the spidey pool server
1: Oh, we've got so many more for them coming up.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. In fact, why don't we go ahead and talk about those now? Okay, we have made it to the second half of the podcast. This is, again, the, the boss has gone into second form. We're, at, we're now at Spider Lizard. Threat level Spider Lizard.
1: We've got the invisible HP bars.
0: Yes, Kat, can you tell us about this incredibly dangerous second half of the show?
1: All right. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to these three story prompts in a section that we call Two Truths and a Fick. I'm going to read, Zeke, three prompts, two of which come from canonical Spider-Man media and one of which I've taken from an obliging fan work. And Zeke has to try and suss out which one is sus.
0: (laughs) Spider-Man looking kind of sus. I think I saw saw Spider-Man vent. (laughs) a peter parker voice no i was in electrical (laughs) with green goblin i love this game i'm terrible at it well i i don't know i did pretty good for a little while there but i feel like i've broken my streak now
1: but it's all about villains so i feel like you probably have this in the back yeah
0: this one's kind of in my wheelhouse for sure What sticker is on the line for me this week?
1: Today, I have just a regular Spider-Man, like, Spidey logo sticker, but I have drawn a goatee on it, so you know he's evil.
0: Oh, I want this one worse than any one that you've (laughs) given me before, because this one's custom. There is is not another one like it. It is just this one. (laughs) All right, go ahead and hit me with the first uh, plot, please.
1: All right, here's number one. When the black suit symbiote bonds with Peter Parker... It creates a new life form that is not Spider-Man, is not Venom, but is permanent. Neither the Fantastic Four or Doctor Strange can split the two apart, leaving the creature free to run rampant, creating chaos in its wake. It is only when the parasitic entity sets its sight on the Hulk that everyone discovers the true fate of Peter Parker.
0: Okay, that sounds hugely ominous. And you said Doctor Strange is in this one? Yes. Okay. I'm always dicey when he gets thrown into the mix because I know people like him. And so I always I know people look for like places to put him in fanfic. But also every single time we've talked about him, he has been doing some crazy shit in the comics. So I'm stumped. But this is only the first one. So hit me with the next
1: one. Number two, you could say something was broken inside Peter from the day he was born. Pieces that fractured after his uncle's death, splintered after a lifetime of loss and abuse. It's the kind of life that compels some to acts of heroism and others to acts of violence. But what happens when the city discovers the recent string of murders at the hand of a man known only as Red and their friendly neighborhood Spider-Man are one and the same?
0: Oh, oh, no, I really like that. It's just red. It's not like red red something. Yeah, it's just red. Hmm. Okay. All right. Hit me with a third one.
1: Number three. In every universe, the name Peter Parker stands for bravery, honor, responsibility. Every universe except one. Disgusted by the shameless do-goodery of his dimensional counterparts, the wolf spider sets a plan in motion to destroy them all, becoming not only the most powerful spider... But the last one standing.
0: Okay. All right. So I have to confess. Okay. I know that the wolf spider is a canon character. I already know that. So I'm led, I'm inclined to believe that the third one is the canon story. How um, did you
1: come across the wolf spider?
0: Okay. So you know I'm really into the Umbrella Academy right now. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Yeah. <laughs> the young
0: man who plays. Uh, Five Hargreaves, Aiden Gallagher. His fans are a devoted five and a half million young ladies um <laughs> who make a lot of photo edits and he's been egging them on about getting a role as Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's son, or as okay. uh, one of the Robins, and so people do a lot of photo manipulations of him as like those characters. But someone did a photo manipulation of him as the wolf spider. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, "Who?" And then I googled it. And I was like, "I guess, <laughs> like, so I do know about him." The other two, though, I am completely stumped because they both sound good enough to be canon. However, I think that the plot with Doctor Strange is the is the canon story, and I think that the second one with Red and the murders is the fanfic because damn that sounds really good and i really i really hope that someone wrote that from like the love of their heart for that for (laughs) for spider-man and murder like i don't know it just it really sounds like it would be a good story anyway so i mean i'll be thrilled if it's if i'm wrong and it's the canon one but it really it just feels like a like a fan work to me so that's my final answer is canon uh fanfic canon
1: well we have the Spidey Pool server to thank for this episode, and we have the Five Hard Reef server to thank for your victory on the swimming. Oh maybe. hell
0: yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> this one goes
1: out to you, hugely underage girls. <laughs> I, I, I wanna say that it's it's really funny to me that someone picked that version of Spider-Man to Photoshop him as, just because specifically it was the wolf spider episode that got everybody real going on the Spidey Pool server. Like, like people sending pictures and having feelings and feeling ways about stuff. And so that was what specifically Wolf Spider was what inspired this episode. (laughs) I'll have
0: to see if I can find it because I don't, I tend not to like save these pictures. They're like, because I follow him on Instagram, Instagram shows me, like, every fan account that exists.
1: Sure. And, sure.
0: and you know, like, you know how it is when you're, when you're baby and you're into fandom. But, like, some of these kids are hugely talented and they make, like, incredible, like, illustrations and animations and photo manipulations and, like, so, like, when I say, like, huge shout out to these little girls like no for real like like it is incredible seeing like the dedication to this actor and like who they someone they enjoy but i was kind of like huh and then like I when i googled him and i like saw pictures of him i was like okay i get it because if you look at him and then you google like tim drake or any of the robins you can see kind of the parallel there with like the design and like the sort of um like broody young man sort of thing And anyway, so anyway that was how i came across that so um <laughs> but when you were like wolf spider it was like i had like a jimmy neutron brain blast <laughs>
1: I was like, ah,
0: <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> but anyway, let's go ahead and talk about these. I'm really excited. Um, mo- Actually, mostly to hear about the fanfic, but we'll start wherever you want to start.
1: Uh, well, let's go ahead and, and talk about the wolf spider since okay. we're there. Um, this is from Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon. From season four, there was a four episode arc called Return to the Spider-Verse. And the short version of this is that Ultimate Spider-Man and Miles Morales, who is from a different dimension, are trying to collect pieces of a glowing mystical artifact thing that I think is calling out to the other pieces that are spread across different dimensions. And so in the different episodes, they're like going to different dimensions and meeting other Spider-Men and Wolf Spider is the villain of the piece. And he's also trying to collect all these pieces uh, so that he can have them and have the power of it and use it to... Kill and destroy and absorb the life force of all the other spider man because he's really annoyed that A, there are other Peter Parkers and other Spider-Men out there, and B, they're all good guys because, wow, what a waste of time. And so clearly it is his destiny to absorb all of their life force and become the ultimate, ultimate Spider-Man. And it's it's kind of a a slow burn villain arc where like he's pursuing them through a lot, and it isn't until the fourth episode that they're like, why are you so hell bent on this like who even are you and you know ultimate spider-man's like i don't even care who you are And he's like oh you should and takes off his mask and oh it's It's another peter parker yeah but with red eyes um and i personally had a moment because it's friend of the show christopher daniel barnes doing the voice for wolf spider the the spider-man voice from the 90s show and it's just one of those things He's just one of those voices that every time I hear him I'm already I'm automatically 80 percent more invested in whatever it is and it's just it's just like running into an old friend, you know and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're doing a bad guy now. that's fun. How's that going for you? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so this is an interesting art and we get to see a lot of interesting other Spider-Man characters like Gwen Stacy and her universe show up. And we get to see a little bit of her dilemma being Spider-Gwen and, or Spider-Woman, and, you know, with her dad being a cop and the being at odds and stuff like that. But yeah, it it is a interesting story. It's cool to see a villainous Peter Parker in that regards. I think that they took a lot of influences from comics that I like without just like remaking the stories. Mm -hmm. There are definitely some visual cues and stuff in the episodes that I'm like, Oh, it's just like that one issue from spider verse or whatever. So I think that's really cool. You know, it's like, obviously the people are doing the research and putting things together. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is from a what if comic from 1989. This one was really depressing actually (laughs) in the way that some of those what if comics are like you know sometimes the what if comics are really zany like what if aunt may had superpowers it's wacky yeah and then sometimes you're just like everything is terrible
0: they can't listen they can't all be joyful
1: yeah that's true this was one of those like pour yourself a dark cup of coffee and stare out the window kind of terrible oh so basically the the setup is that it starts very much the same way as uh peter parker and the venom symbiote start where it's during the Secret Wars and he gets the black suit. But when he gets home and he's like, wow, I feel weird. I feel tired all the time, no matter how much I sleep. This is strange. And in the regular continuity, he goes to the Fantastic Four and they're like, "Uh, bro, your suit is alive and it's a parasite. And maybe you shouldn't keep that. In the versions of the What If comic, he goes to Kurt Connors and is like, Hey, and Krakonis is like, hey, I'm not upset about you knocking all my work out the window uh, or throwing my table stuff on the floor. (laughs) I'm definitely gonna tell you about this. But like, basically, it's not really his area of expertise. And so he's slower on the uptake and slower with the diagnosis. And the suit has longer to bond with Peter. And so it forms a permanent bond. And it creates like a completely new independent life form. That's like, Peter Parker's dead. There's no Peter Parker. There's no symbiote. There's only what we are now. Mm-hmm. And proceeds to basically like run through town. Not not necessarily causing wanton destruction, but definitely not like trying to be a hero. And I think they realize that the symbiote is like running on adrenaline. And so it's basically just, you know, like, what's that movie? Uh, Amped or no, what's the name of that movie? Oh, you got me. There's some action movie where the whole premise is that, like, if this guy's heart rate goes down below a certain rate, like, he'll die or something. But I don't know. It's one of those action movies that probably has Jason Statham in it or something that I don't pay attention to. Anyways, but it's kind of like that. But meanwhile, like, the Hulk goes on a rampage and then the symbiote creature, like, Zeros in on this, and like the Fantastic Four have tried to separate the symbiote from Peter Parker, it hasn't worked. Uh, with science and Doctor Strange tries to use magic, and that doesn't work. They're just like, we're well, fucked. We can't. There's nothing we can do. And so the symbiote like goes after the Hulk, and I think they're trying. Like the Hulk is creating destruction, and they're like, and and Thor is there or something, and Thor's like, all right, we tried everything with the Hulk. I'm just gonna create a portal, and we're gonna send him to a babysitting dimension so that he's <laughs> out of our hair for a little while. And we'll handle this when we know what we're doing. And the symbiote creature shows up and is like, actually, I'll take that. And like, grabs the Hulk and like pulls him out of the portal before he can go all the way through. And then the symbiote leaps off of Peter Parker's body and starts bonding with the Hulk, which creates a whole other series of problems. Oh my God. And they like turn around and they're like, who's that old guy? (gasps) And there's this like, withered 80 year old. Man, that's like on the ground who's just skin and bones, and they're like, Oh shit, Peter Parker, it sucked out all your life force. And he's like, Uh, yeah, I probably deserve this question mark. And they're like, Not really. And so he has enough time to kind of like make his peace with the world a little bit. Uh Like he goes and he visits Aunt May and he doesn't tell her who he is and she doesn't know that he's Spider Man. And Like, he pretends to be a colleague of Peter's and is like, let me tell you how much you meant to him. And she's like, what, is he dead? And it's really kind of sad. And he just ends up, like, dying of old age, like, days later or something. And this is a period where Spider-Man and Black Cat are a couple. And so she's very upset that, like, people did not do enough to help him and didn't do enough to help him with the symbiote problem. And... They're all like, "Okay, what do we do? The Hulk has a symbiote. Oh shit. Now the symbiote's trying to bond with Thor. That is extremely bad. And they're all like pussyfooting around with like trying to, to figure it out. And so she shows up with like super sonic cannon thing that she blasts the symbiote into smithereens with and manages to pull it off of Thor and destroy it once and for all. And they're like, "Uh, where did you get this crazy sonic cannon?" And she's like, "Uh, I know a guy and the guy <laughs> turns out to be Wilson Fisk. Ah. And she, she basically like bartered her services as a genetically altered super burglar to him for like, for the rest of her life in order for this. And that's basically how the comic ends. It's kind of with her like, well, these are my life choices. I'm gonna have to live with this now at the end. <laughs> um, so it's just one of those comics where, like, things go from bad to worse. So which, Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of comics like that. But I think juxtaposed with kind of the jaunty 1980s, like, art style is a little bit disarming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of a, maybe not like the most villainous Spider-Man. There have definitely been more murderous Spider-Man. But I just thought the story was such a wild one. I wanted to bring it up.
0: Yeah, definitely. I <laughs> um, By the way, I was listening, I promise. But I did Google the movie, and it's called Crank crank and guess who's in it
1: uh kobe Maguire,
0: jason statham
1: <laughs> <laughs> i could
0: not believe i googled it i was like oh my god it is jason statham <laughs> <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> so, just one of those you know <laughs>
0: yeah it's just like this is a vaguely jason statham-y feel to it <laughs> um yeah wow um i did okay whole story fantastic adrenaline thrill ride love it I am a huge fan of the babysitting dimension.
1: (laughs) I I forget exactly what they call it. Well, sure. But I like the
0: idea that Thor's like, oh, are you having a problem with a villain? You can send him to the daycare. And they're like, what's that? (laughs) And he's like, it's a dimension we throw people that we want to forget about. (laughs) What happens there? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I've never been. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) And they just like play Uno all day.
1: That's it. It's just a purgatory, and there's just like a pack of Uno cards, but like three you're always missing.
0: Yeah. Lots of um draw fours. No friendships are made in the babysitting dimension.
1: Absolutely none.
0: <laughs> Tell me about this fanfic. I'm so excited to hear about it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh this fanfic is called Insecticide. <gasps> That's, and that is so raw. <laughs> um, it is by Bubblegum Popsicle. Oh my god. And
0: um not that, I'm not disappointed. I just love it. I love that this this yeah. it's like this is my fanfic Insecticide. It's about Spider-Man and murders. Oh, who wrote it? Um Bubblegum Popsicle? <laughs> like a My Little Pony wrote it.
1: Um this is uh in fact a Spidey Pool fanfic. Oh. Um, it's it's a, a couple chapters long. It's it's, you know, uh, you I mean, I'm sure you could read it in one setting, but it definitely does have this like dichotomy of well what I liked about it was I know that there are a lot of fan fictions where Spider-Man is in the mafia or Spider-Man is an assassin or whatever. Spider-Man's a ninja. Um, but what I liked about the story was the fact that he's living a dual life and that he's being friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and he's, you know, stopping bike theft or whatever but he's also doing kind of that punisher thing where he's going out after criminals and he's killing them Mm -hmm. um and i i couldn't think of a case of a story that was like that where you have him leading leading this dual life and then i guess like a large part of the conflict has to do with like deadpool who is also fine with killing usually reconciling like those two sides of this person that he knows and uh, Yeah, it, it's a well-written story. I think they did a good job of kind of showing the difference between the facade that Peter shows to the outside world and kind of his own internal monologue of like smiling, but also inside being like, you're an idiot. Right. <laughs> um, Or like, haha, these people have no idea, you know, what I'm capable of or what I can do, which I think is is peak villain, honestly, like that detachment and that not really aloofness but the looking down on people um i think the the pride is definitely like the number one villain sin you know especially when you get to like intellectual villains right so um i think that one is definitely worth a read it does use a lot of canon events for its inspiration which i always appreciate some of which we'll talk about in other episodes i'm sure yes um so i don't want to get too much into it because i don't want to spoil anything for future but that's definitely worth a read if you're looking for some dark spidey stories
0: yeah or a smoochin story a dark smoochin story i guess that's
1: true yes dark smoochin stories that's its whole own thing
0: those are my favorite (laughs) 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 if uh i know i'm sure that comes as a shock to everyone yeah, I love any story like that. I love a, a fresh take on like, uh, evil Spider-Man or like Spider-Man and the Mafia or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. cause I have to imagine those are things that get explored. But, um, this sounds like a really good premise and a really, a really unique take on things. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. And it always, I always like when a fan fiction is so unique and it's not super long. Like, not that I don't dislike long form fan fiction but i definitely mm. think there's so much merit to short form that is willing to explore things like this because it just goes to show like kind of goes i feel like it kind of goes back to the heart of comics where it's like this is a it's not a novel that we've given you it's a handful of pages this is like a, sure this is not a long story but in it you it's got a lot of meat to it so
1: yeah sometimes um, you want a sandwich not thanksgiving dinner
0: yeah exactly exactly so i think that's that's something that I really appreciate, and I, I I always enjoy anytime we talk about a fan fiction, and it's like it's super cool, and the premise is great, and it's only like a couple chapters because I am incapable of doing that. Everything I write is four hundred chapters long. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I do love that it's a smoochin' story. If you also love smoochin' stories, we actually have a channel dedicated to it in our Discord server. Whoop whoop! Uh, you are welcome to join. We do have a link tree up on our twitter this plug is gonna build up on itself um <laughs> you can visit our twitter at was there if you can't find it send us an email at wasspideythere at gmail.com we'll show you around we'll get you joined in the discord server all three of those are great ways to give us suggestions if you have ideas for future episodes we love to hear from you guys and we like to interact if you're from the spidey pool server or even from the <laughs> from the umbrella academy phantom i don't think you're going to get a lot out of it we don't, we don't do a lot of photo of Aiden gallagher but if hey listen if you're if you're open minded maybe we uh have something for you except for this is an 18 f podcast so if you're one of those uh young ladies just wait for a little while you can't come and talk about Smooching stories with us just yet <laughs> This has been a super fun episode. I've had uh, a lot of fun hearing about these stories and uh, telling my own. But now it is time for my favorite part of the show. Cat, do you have a cool piece of evil Spider-Man trivia for me this week?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I would call it evil, but I was thinking that today we discussed the dark side of Spider-Man. Mm hmm. And so I thought it would be worthwhile to talk about someone else who has a light side and a dark side. And a little something I find out, found out was that we talked a little bit about Marvel's bumpy history, bumpy financial history, mm-hmm. especially in the 90s. Um, they were really struggling, and that's part of the reason that the movie rights are were kind of a mess for a while, and like different companies owned different licenses because... At the time, Marvel was just kind of selling things piecemeal. They were like, Oh, you want some Spider-Man rights? Sure. I guess whatever. Oh, you want rights to the Hulk? All right. Fine. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, obviously the idea of a cinematic universe was not even an idea. They were just trying to make what money they could to keep things afloat. And there was a potential buyer who wanted to just buy Marvel wholesale, someone that had a lot of money. And part of the reason that they wanted to just buy all of Marvel was because they're a huge Spider-Man fan and they really wanted to play him in one of the movies. Oh my God. And numbers were thrown around a little bit. The number of a billion dollars was on the table. Like that was the asking price, but it didn't end up going through. Okay. And this person didn't end up buying the company, never appeared in a movie as Spider-Man. and this person okay go ahead i'm sorry (laughs) and this person was michael jackson
0: oh my god no
1: (laughs) mike so had things gone differently the spider-man 3 movie could have involved uh peter parker moonwalking
0: (laughs) i i would have given my last dime to have seen that (laughs) Like I would have been destitute on the street, and people would go, "What happened to you? You poor soul!" And I would say, "I just had to see Michael Jackson be Spider Man," and and that's what put me in the poor. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I feel like Michael Jackson is one of those celebrities that you look on, and you're like, you just had too much money because you fell under the delusion that you could do anything.
1: Yeah, there's definitely I think
0: so. like a point where like the 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 wealth tips. And you become crazy, <laughs> and you're like, whatever. The whole world is my clam. Like,
1: I I would have been more than satisfied with uh Spider or with Michael Jackson in a Spider Man music video. Yeah, because I think seeing Spider Man dance the way that Michael Jackson could dance would have been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. However, we do have a lot of very talented cosplayers.
1: That's uh, true, and and Tom Holland is no slouch. Like Tom Holland can dance, and also crazy sexy spider-man that's true that's true
0: um the, is- gr-
1: the greatest choreography of all time
0: yeah absolutely no one will no one's ever gonna top that dancing spider-man so sorry michael jackson listening to this from the afterlife but chilean spider-man's got you beat sorry <laughs> and he won't ever try to buy marvel that is so crazy thank you for looking that up Or for having that, I guess, in your back pocket. Sometimes I feel like you have trivia in your back pocket and you're just like chomping at the bit and you're like, when are we going to get to the episode where I can talk about Matt Murdock being a Ninja Turtle? (laughs) 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 Well, I've had a lot of fun this episode. I certainly hope you have, Kat. I think that's it. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, (laughs) Thanks so much for listening this week. My name is Evil Zeke. And I'm Evil Cat. And we'll see you... Next week, perhaps. (laughs) Okay, bye. What's up, Spider Pals? It's Zeke. If you enjoyed the stories we talked about in today's episode, you should check out the issues they're from. And they are Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man from 1976, numbers 39 through 40. What If from 1989, number four. Ultimate Spider-Man season four, episodes 16 through 19, Return to the Spider-Verse. And our featured fanfic this week was Insecticide by Bubblegum Popsicle. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.